You're listening to LGBT Manchester, your podcast on all things Manchester queer culture related with me, your host, Elena Adams. So today I'm talking to Larry about bisexuality, bisexual erasure, stereotypes within the LGBT community, etc. I'm Larry, my pronouns are he, him, and I identify as bisexual. To begin with, um, you were talking to me about like sort of tropes within the LGBT community. Yeah. So what sort of stereotypes have you seen and do you think that TV or other forms of media intensify these stereotypes in society? Well, I think just to start off um, specifically about stereotypes, the most famous two that I think most people will be able to recognise are bear and twink, specifically for gay men. Now, I think most TV sticks to just these two, or they don't at all. You know, if you get me, they just kind of have a straight guy, culturally, who happens to be gay. I think, however, um, like most of the time it gets really wrong, you know, it's, they're just really kind of uh, overdone stereotypes. The, the twinks are too twinky, the bears are too bearery. So you're talking about this presentation of very stereotypical sort of typically white gay male. Do you think that this white gay male privilege within the LGBTQ plus community has led to the voice of other groups being lost? And if so, what could we do to help? You know, white gay men, because they are the most similar to white straight men, they always have the first voice when it comes to talking about queer issues, which I think really sidelines the issues faced by non-binary people, trans people in general, and also asexuals and aromantics. I think one thing that, because TV just only ever really shows, you know, white men who are gay, or maybe bi, if you're lucky, um, there's no real idea of what a non-white gay man, queer person, is like other than extreme stereotypes of butch lesbians. Uh, I think in terms of, I think one of the one of the places where this is kind of worst seen is, is Pride Week. Most of the people who you see are going to be white gay men who aren't going to be able to show, aren't, aren't going to be able to speak on the behalf of anyone else. Yeah. Which I think can really be damaging. So do you think that Pride has been commodified by cishet people? And do you think that it's lost its significance as a result? Well, I think Pride isn't really a place for... Ironically, I don't think it's much of a place for queer people anymore. I think it's been, it's been turned into a party for cishet people to kind of pretend to be progressive. I mean, in, um, in England, at least, the, the rates for violence against queer people actually goes up quite dramatically during Pride, Pride Month. Yeah. I think it just goes to show that it's not really our place anymore i think that in a lot of countries say where queer people have less rights pride is still very much protest like for instance i'm half bulgarian i know that in bulgaria lgbtq plus issues are just rarely ever talked about it's very much brushing the carpet and um sophia pride month a few years ago i think there were sort of was boycotted by like far-right people you know being violent against the queer people who attended and in this country sort of sometimes forget the roots of pride the fact that it did start as protest yeah yeah and i feel like similar thing to the last question 
uh, Pride is kind of a, a white gay man thing now. And so you see like companies have their floats and, and they pretend to be supportive. And so they kind of use the image of, a, of the white gay man who's pretty much straight except for his partner. And they kind of use that to show, hey, we are progressive, but then they don't care about anything else in the, in the queer community. And I think, I think it's become codified. I think it's become normalized for cishet people. I mean, it's great that people are allies of the LGBT community. It's great that they go to Pride to show their support, but they can't, you can't let that sort of become, a Pride become about those cishet standards because it is about queer people at the end of the day. It's not the straight people who should have all the attention to be quite blunt. And uh, one thing I found quite funny is that at Pride, I've often seen more, do you know those people who wear like, leather dog suits i've seen more of them than i've seen non-binary people which i think is it's very um concerning it shows the idea that it caters towards that cis audience it's kind of i want to say freak showifying a bit it's a little bit kind of it's not really a home it's not it's a stage what do you mean in terms of fetishizing almost yeah 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 you know, gay guys have to be very you know you know, you'll, you'll see these big muscular, muscular, smooth bodied gay men being very masculine, being very kind of performative, which is performative isn't the right word. Uh, it's kind of a performance. Yeah. And it's not really pride. It's, 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 it's pride and the sin of the word, actually. I get you. And that also ties into the idea of over-sexualization of queer people. And in your obvious experience as a bisexual, um, do you think it's still like a prominent issue within our society and how have those same cishet male standards contributed to this within general generally or porn industry etc so i haven't experienced much myself i'm quite privileged being a man and being white but bisexual women often kind of get seen as just as just uh, to be ogled at by straight people and lesbians too and um, I think it can be really, really harmful. And I think it's kind of seen in facets all throughout queer culture. One of the things specifically is how there's no real way to be queer without being sexual in a lot of senses. Because the only real LGBT, LGBT spaces are nightclubs and bars. And they're places where you're going to get hit on. And they're places where there's going to be the pretense of hooking up just as a society we I think one of the reasons why like homosexuality LGBT rights etc has been such a taboo topic for so long especially with educating very young people children about it is because of this idea of queer people as just necessarily being hypersexualized when I was younger I was taught to believe that lesbian was a bad word that has some sort of negative sexual connotations and it's just Blimey. ridiculous, basically. Yeah, and I feel, in, in, a, in a way, even, even the word homosexual, bisexual, it's very much emphasis on the sexual when a lot of the attraction that we feel towards people of the same gender, it's, it's, not, it's not sexual a lot of the times. It's just, it's just as non-sexual as, as heterosexual, but nobody, but, but nobody ever, but nobody ever sexualizes het people. I feel like one of the issues that this can cause is people, since 
teenagers and, and children who are queer don't really have a place to be queer if they're in a household that's unsupportive or even in even in i think most households you you can't really be yourself until you leave and you know that sort of i, f I feel like linking into the other sexualization in a way not in a not in a negative way but sometimes we over sexualize ourselves because we've been biding up for so long without any way to be queer that isn't kind of sexual we kind of leave and then we're forced to be sexual the only things that we can do are sexual yeah i think there's a lot of sort of repression that goes on when you're a queer person growing up in any sort of household as you say but especially unsupportive households oh yeah yeah and i feel like just in in terms of gay guys i think i think a lot of um there's a lot of danger kind of being a gay guy looking for sex at a not at a young age but you know 18 19 20 because there will be lots of older guys who know that younger guys are going to be kind of out there and they're going to be those older guys who are going to want to take advantage yeah kind of a similar thing that you know straight and bi women have had to deal with you know for all of history we talk about like older men preying on young teenage girls but we don't talk about the way that can work with like men being the predator towards younger men or women yeah. and so on i see a lot yeah. of on social media and it's very very sort of very much suggesting that men are always the perpetrators and women are all these victims young girls yeah i definitely think there's a fine line to be straddled when portraying when when talking about issues of sexual predatory Ness coming from older men it's not it isn't all older men but also it isn't all older men that aren't predatory it's definitely an issue another topic that we were going to discuss was uh bisexual erasure and especially being in a heterosexual relationship do you think we face more of that erasure oh yeah definitely i feel like because uh, back, back to before kind of we always, I think, I think bi people maybe a bit more than other queer people, bi plus people, pan, omni. I feel we sometimes feel the need to perform our sexuality. You know, if, if we're in a, if we're in a gay relationship or a straight relationship, our bisexuality is trumped by homosexuality or heterosexuality, which I think is honestly fueled by a lot of the stereotypes that bisexual people have. Yeah. You know that that we're just sex mad and that we're just cheaters a lot of the times i think that fuels very much the idea that i think that fuels the, the feelings of needing to perform for cishet people to see you as bisexual yeah and i also think that from my personal experience of being in a straight relationship even if you do feel accepted it's always going to be kind of in the back of your mind like what if he secretly thinks that i I'm not satisfied by the relationship or that I want to have sex with women. You know, there's a lot of insecurity about that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I completely get what you mean. I, I definitely feel like there's also a, if you're in a relationship with, if you're in a um, hetero relationship as a bi person and you're not out, there's definitely that fear that if you do come out, they, 
they're going to break up with you because they think you're just going to cheat on them or they think you're maybe not straight maybe maybe they think you're gay you know because you've come out as bi and they think that's just a stepping stone yeah I think it's just difficult because we see sexuality as so binary almost like you're either straight or gay so I feel like when I've been in a relationship with girl with a girl it's been very much people have been like well you must you're a lesbian right like you're not into guys and then when then when you enter into a relationship with a guy it's sort of the other way around and as you say you almost have to perform yourself mm. yeah it's, it's very much people see us as what we're doing when what we are is a lot more than just what we're doing it's, it's what's in our brains and it's yeah. like some people say oh if, if oh if you're going to be in if you're going to be attracted by attracted to twice as many people as me you're going to be twice as twice as likely to to cheat than me but you know people living in one country country b with twice as many people in that as country a people in country a are not going to be twice more likely to cheat on someone just because there's twice as many more people that they might be attracted to exactly it's ridiculous it just doesn't work like that um another sort of interesting question is just the concept of virginity do you think it is intrinsically heteronormative do you think that has a negative impact especially on young impressionable queer people i feel like it's not just a yes or no question that i feel like there's definitely very different standards there's definitely very different meanings for virginity between straight and gay people and bi people even i feel like for example um stephen fry don't ask me where i learned this but he's never had anal sex right so but he's very much a gay man and he's just as gay as anyone else but there's definitely the, the assumption i think within a lot of straight guys who maybe don't know much about the queer community there's there's the assumption that gay guys only have anal sex that that is the only way for a gay guy to lose their virginity and that can be really damaging for us earlier as i said the oversexual kind of the oversexualization of gay people and it can mean that often these young impressionable people gay people are kind of pushed into anal sex which isn't exactly the easiest isn't exactly the safest route it isn't exactly the, the safest sex to have sometimes yeah. i mean literally like physically like you know and as earlier i said all the predatory men you know they definitely uh, exploit the idea that anal sex is the only way to lose virginity i do feel like in the queer community in in the um queer community as, a, as like a specific there's very there's a, there's we don't really care about virginity much when we do it's, it's it's very loose you know there's 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 many different ways to lose our virginity in queer sex terms which yeah. i feel is very positive yeah i think that um it's more sort of liberal and a fluid concept within the commu queer community whereas within like cishet standards it's very much just intercourse penetration that is losing virginity and that's a harmful i think concept especially to to lesbians and to bisexual women who might be in relationship with other women it just kind of leads to, there's this whole sort of trivialization but also fetishization of lesbian sex that is very contradictory and paradoxical i think i think definitely the um the stereotypes 
within the queer community, Twink, uh, they, they all also lend themselves to, oftentimes they have this uh, strange correlation to what you are in the bedroom. You know, a lot of the times a, a Twink, quote unquote, is seen as a top, or is seen as a bottom, sorry, and a bear is seen as a top. And I think this kind of codification of queer people as one or the other sexually can lead to bisexual erasure. And in over-sexualization, you, you, you often kind of have the worrying effect on younger teens kind of calling themselves tops and bottoms when they're not even old enough to get to like walk to school yet, you know? Yeah. And they're talking about sex very freely because there isn't much else for them to talk about in terms of being queer. Yeah, because that's very much what cishet standards have put the value on within queer identity is that sexual element of it which as you said before just makes it even more important that we have more safe spaces that are available to younger queer people as well and that aren't just based around mm -hmm. the up or sex yeah like it'll just even just like a, a queer cafe or a queer bookshop could be so helpful in reducing the over sexualization of queer people and queer and younger queer people and also the idea that that someone who's maybe six or seven doesn't know if they're gay is ridiculous <laughs> but it but i think i think that possibly does stem from the idea that if you are homosexual you must be very sexual yeah. but no gay people are not more sexual than straight people a gay child is just as likely as a straight child no there's so many misconceptions which I think links to a question which will sort of tie up our conversation, which is just how do you think we could improve queer sex ed and address queer topics better, both in educational and other settings? Well, I feel like the, the only way to do it is just to feature queer people in the creation of curriculums. So apparently in, in America, 4.5% of adult Amer Americans identify as LGBT. And I think and that's, that's like way higher for, for younger people. And so to kind of relegate our topics in the curriculum to simply not as important, to put them in the extra, you know, like the after school stuff. So I've, LGBT clubs is very helpful, but it's very much dodging the question. And a lot of the time, you know, like if, if, if like, if like um, I think there's about, I think it's about 10% of youths are queer. And, you know, it, that, that is a very much sizable uh, proportion. And we do deserve a place in the curriculum. And we do deserve a place in the creation of the curriculum. We shouldn't just be sidelined to PSHE. We, we, should, we, should, we should not be given the same time as the Black Plague, you know? Yeah, because at the end of the day, if we don't create a safe space within which these issues can be discussed, young people are going to have to learn for themselves and there's not an awful lot of resources available on these sort of things. Um, a lot of young people then, let's face it, are going to take recourse to things like porn, which are not realistic and are not designed for queer people. They're essentially designed for straight male gratification. It's a, it's, it's a weird... I think, I think porn is definitely... It's, it's damaging. It's... Um, yeah, I think if we don't let queer people learn about their own history in the classroom they're only going to go to porn aren't they porn and 
you know these these queer these queer uh, places which are not made for young people and they're not going to learn the correct things they're going to kind of be yet again put on a stage for het people yeah which isn't what we want it's what they want yeah i completely understand where you're coming from the representation needs to be given back to the queer people who are actually going to face these issues rather than them being put on a stage and objectified by straight cisgender people thank you to larry for letting me interview you today well thank you for hosting this interview i know i've learned a lot from it and i hope the viewers have as well Thank you for tuning into this fortnight's episode of LGBT Manchester, your podcast on all things Manchester queer culture related with me, Elena Adams. I'll see you again next fortnight, but until then, have a great time and stay safe. I'm the sun.